know you guys released a statement yesterday, but just on the, I guess, a day on, or a couple of days on now, just the reaction from the club of what happened over the weekend with Josh, because obviously, you know, it's a, it's a, an issue that continuously pops up in all sorts of sports, but how is the club, I guess, reacting at the moment um, to, I guess, the incident that happened with Josh over the weekend? Yeah, so Josh alerted us to uh, the incident at the game on Saturday night yesterday. Um, and the, the last 24 hours has really been twofold in terms of investigating to see if we can get to the bottom of, of what was said and who by. And then also obviously making sure Josh, his well-being is first and foremost. Um, he's had, uh, obviously has a significant profile now globally. Um, but with that, and particularly given uh, the sensitivity around his announcement as the first active or the only active professional male footballer to come out as, as gay has caused him a little bit of, uh, or I would say ongoing abuse over the last couple of months that we've needed to manage and uh, him and his team have had to manage as well. So the last 24 hours have really been identifying uh, specifically what happened, but then also making sure Josh, Josh's well-being is first and foremost. How, I guess, how do you Yeah, so the process is firstly initiating uh, you know, an investigation around the time frame and when it occurred. So we, we've spoken to Josh yesterday and then again today and it happened in stoppage time as he was walking off the pitch. He was subbed around about the 95th minute, I believe. Um, and as he was walking off um, is when you know, the abuse came from the Northern Stand. So we've identified a time frame um, when we, we think it occurred. Now it's a matter of providing that information to uh, the league and also victory and then the more specific investigation in terms of CCTV footage, broadcast footage, is then reviewed based on those time frames to see if they can identify any individuals. Ollie, I'm just going to go to the floor now. How's Josh feeling? Yeah, he's good. He's a real resilient young man. You know, like the, the we've spoken often about the courage he displayed in terms of coming out and and. Uh, everything that went along with that, the pressure that was on him then as the global voice of, of um, the LGBTI plus community was, was significant and, and he's handled that. As you see, he's been playing well this season, you know, he's taken that all in his stride. Um, with that, as I've mentioned, has come some abuse, you know, particularly on social media. And I think where this went a little too far was the quantum of it. It wasn't uh, an individual, um, it was more of a collective voice coming out of that northern stand that, that uh, and he said, basically enough's enough, I'm calling this out. And we said, we're, we're right behind you, Josh. You know, so um, he's in a good headspace, but as anyone would be, you know, being abused online or, or in person is obviously not a pleasant experience. So we'll support him through it and ultimately want, want to get a positive outcome, which is, is initially investigating and seeing if we can identify any of the people involved, but also the messaging that comes after that, that this is no longer acceptable in sport and we're continuing to work uh, with the league and also victory on what that may look like in the future. Ollie, when you're not talking, can you mute, please? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, so just mute again, and I'm just going. To, I'm just going to continue to the floor. All right. Nice. Sorry. Ongoing. Like, has, has this? What sort of? What's he been getting week to week? 
Well, social media is the main one. So it might be on you know, his own posts. Uh, we've even seen it on posts of other players um, you know, where Josh has referenced. So he's got people that working with him that actually help him monitor that. Um, and I think he's been well prepared mentally, but also professionally to deal with it. Um, but it's not an instance where this is the first time this has popped up since October 27 last year. It's something that Josh needs to manage. And the club, you know, we support him obviously through it day to day. Able to handle it all the way through to this point and like prepare for that yeah. inevitable sort of. Well, we had we had a discussion around the inevitability of this before 27 October. I mean, we sort of said, look, on the flip side of this, he's he's arguably the highest profile men's player in the A League now, um, in terms of his global um, uh, the global reach of, of his name and brand. With that, you know, our sport has been global means that he gets comments from all over the world majority positive but there's an element that is negative um, and uh, that is ongoing again we we flagged that and discussed that uh, you know in October last year our media team monitor it constantly in terms of the posts that we go out with um, and as I said he's a real resilient young man Josh like uh, so he knows the good and the bad that comes with it this was a bridge too far in terms of the quantum of comments just went beyond what was acceptable I and mean, it's never acceptable but it just was that sort of collective voice coming out of that stand, which, which you know, we, Josh and we can't tolerate. You mentioned that it was more of a culmination with the social media posts. In terms of the stuff that happened in the ground, is this the first time that he's heard any of these sort of things? I think there's been, there's been comments made in the past, um, not by our fans, but by other fans, one-off sort of comments um, that he's heard, you know, just coming out of the crowd as he's playing or, you know, taking a throw in. This was the first time that it was felt like uh, directed abuse, you know, like a sort of a collective um, ganging up on him, so to speak, because he was walking past that stand. Um, he'd obviously been subbed off, um, was walking with medical staff back to the bench. So I think that's where, again, this was that next level that, that, that it's never acceptable, but this was, you know, unacceptable and needed to be called out. So what do you say, mate? We don't want you in our game. Like it's as, as simple as that. We've seen it in other sports. I mean, race has been has been a big issue, um, obviously for our code, but in other sports where fan behaviour has been been questionable. And it's quite simple that we don't want anyone that's going to abuse our players for any reason involved in in our sport. You know. So um, hopefully, if there is a positive side to this, it's a catalyst for change in education. We're, we're doing some work um, on a potential Pride Cup game this year. Um, you know, to raise more awareness around this issue. We want our grounds, and particularly Cooper Stadium, but obviously at away games as well, to be really welcoming and inclusive. And we want people coming to our games feeling safe, and that's the sort of behaviour. And be it abuse of any, of any nature isn't, isn't welcome. And, and the simple message is, um, you know, we don't want you at our games, if that's what you're going to bring to them. Josh noted that there were a few uh, people that called it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was a positive element to it. I mean, he got messages on social media saying, yep, yeah, we heard the comments, it was disgusting, we're with you, Josh. You know, so that was good. That I think there is an overwhelming sentiment of support from you know, the majority of fans. I think it's an element that, that need to be weaned out, 
that you know this is 20 30 years ago you know this is the sort of language that was probably more common now it's not acceptable i don't want my my young boys at a game where this is being where abuse is being held from the stands you know and i don't think any families do so it's good that he has had the support from you know victory supporters in that instance saying look that wasn't on where with you josh Yeah, so I think there's a, I mean, a couple of elements to it. There's the social media campaigns. The, the challenge with social media, and one of our great frustrations with it is the anonymity. Um, a lot of the accounts that we've had abuse from in the past, and we get generally after every match, you only have to look at a, a post-match um, Instagram post to see some of the comments that we get, you know, just regarding the result. Um, uh, but what we're looking at specifically is, is a Pride Cup game here this year where the, the messaging will be built around providing an inclusive environment for people to come and enjoy the game. This has been an issue that, again, Josh being the first or the only active professional male athlete to come out as gay, it's something that our sport and all men's sports haven't addressed. Um, so we're looking at that for, for later in February and it's hopefully something that then rolls into a 12-month campaign you know, and forms part of what will be Josh's legacy you know, far beyond his, his days at Adelaide United. Hey mate, um, so do you think, obviously it might be a bit of a band-aid approach, but do you think the stadium management themselves are doing enough? Because when, you know, when we hear that there's an entire stand, I guess, launching offensive language and, and I guess a, a crowd noise coming from that end, is the stadium doing enough to, I guess, shut that kind of noise up, or is there not a lot that they can do? Yeah, well, look, I won't, I won't classify it as an entire stand. As, as said, there was a collective voice out of there, which, which made it hard to identify individuals. But there were individuals in that stand supporting Josh and, and calling out the behaviour from what, from what we understand. But ultimately, the stadium authority now kicks into gear. And it's something, again, that we'll, you know, we'll speak with our staff here at Cooper Stadium, you know, particularly around security and having them monitor this type of behaviour. Um, I won't suggest that it's prevalent or has, has happened here in the past, but it's something that we need to be more aware of. Um, and then in the, in the sense for Amy Park, this is where the, the CCTV footage and analysis of the coverage comes into play to see if they can spot anyone, um, any of the perpetrators. I think he had something from an away supporter earlier in the year, but he only alerted us that to that yesterday. It wasn't something that, that um, again, it's not tolerated, even if it's one individual, but he sort of kept that to himself. And he said, well, then this was too much um, and then spoke about that. So it's something we'll work with the stadiums, you know, both home and away now. Like it's something that we'll need to address with, with away, oh, sorry, with uh, clubs in the state to keep an eye out on this and how we monitor it. And um, I think the active supporter groups at clubs will play a key role in this as well. Um, you've seen some of the messaging out of the Red Army this season in support of Josh has been really positive. So we'd hope that other active groups take on that moving forward. How did he actually inform you? Did he tell you individually or was it the last half of the game? Uh, so it was yesterday just via phone. So, so he spoke with the media team and then, then um, myself. So then we just sort of talked through what happened, the next steps, you know, how he's feeling. Um, uh, it wasn't something that was addressed immediately after the game. It was yesterday. With the Priority Cup game, do you think sort of having that and sort of spreading this messaging will encourage 
encourage other people from other codes that maybe have been toying with this idea of should they come out to be themselves? I'd hope so, and I think that's where Josh's legacy will, will as I mentioned, go far beyond his, his time at Adelaide United. I think what he's made clear is it's not necessarily about him. He, he doesn't want young athletes, be they elite or otherwise. I mean, it's just about young men and women playing sport. He doesn't want them to go through the same experience that he did as a 15, 16 year old, not thinking that he had the opportunity to play professional sport. You know, So I think that's where it's about providing an inclusive environment in the stands, but also educating coaches. educating coaches and players around what it means to create an inclusive environment for, for you know, your, your teammates as well. Mate, is it more disappointing coming from such a big rivalry game like Melbourne Victory? You've gone the, the whole year and it just turns out that it happens to be the Melbourne Victory game here where there was a comment yeah. and the Melbourne Victory game over at Melbourne where he, he started to call it out. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't um, travelled much. We've only played seven games. So again, we, we, it just so happened we played Victory three times in a month. So law of averages that would suggest that that was probably the most likely. But I mean, it doesn't really matter where it comes from. I just think uh, the opponent is somewhat irrelevant. It's the fact that it was said and is there that is the disappointing element to it. It's, it's, it's not to, to finger point at, um, at clubs. It's, uh, it's really about making sure that it doesn't happen again. What did you make of Melbourne Victory's response and the A-League's response? Did you feel that you got the support? And yeah, well, I've spoken to Victory and, and the league, and they're and they're um, quite strong on this. Like that, they've sort of made clear that you know the full force of their investigative powers will be thrown at finding out, uh, or seeing if they can identify individuals or groups of individuals that may be involved. Um, and we'll continue to discuss. I'll, I'll speak with APL and Victory again this afternoon, just in terms of um, the latest information we have to hand, and 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 then it'll sit with with those two parties in terms of carrying out the investigation. Do you expect any individuals to be found? It's always hard to track them. Yeah, I think. Look, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, there's more cameras in our games than, than there ever have been before, and uh, uh, the the security infrastructure at Amy Park is probably the best in the country. So, look, if if we are going to do it, um, you know, this is probably the instance where we can. But we have to let it run its course. Then we can't preempt pre preempt anything. And I think what's as important as it is to identify the perpetrators, it's the messaging that, that goes beyond this. I think it's what Josh, you know, calling it out has been something that's been common in his you know, narrative around this, is that we don't need to accept it. And if we don't identify who they are, then it's not the end of it. So we're not just gonna tools down once, once the investigation's done. It's something that needs to carry on this season, but then also beyond Josh, um, when one day, you know, he departs Adelaide United. Now we'll we'll bring in at least two players in this next window. So the window opens for us on Friday um, in terms of the ability to register players. So we're at the 11th hour in terms of finalising deals with two players, two attacking players to come in and, and bolster the squad. We've obviously signed some replacements as well um, from Adelaide City. Um, uh, they become eligible. Lockie played last night. Assad becomes eligible on the 14th as well. So the squad will be bolstered in the coming days and expect to see announcements out of the media team this week. Diego Castro was my name on the weekend. I was linked mm. to the club. Is that someone that, that 
that you guys would be interested in bringing in? Oh, there's been a lot of names. I mean, uh, uh, I think fans sometimes think we sit dormant on recruitment and uh, it's only when you see an announcement that, you know, it actually happened. But there's been dozens of names and our recruiting, you know, goes everywhere from the local MPL to, to you know, every country in the world in terms of agents contacting us. So, yeah, we've had a look at a lot of players. Um, as I said, we're close to finalising two at the moment, one, one out of Asia, one, one Australian, that hopefully in the next sort of 48 to 72 hours we can announce. All good. All good. Thanks, Ollie, Thanks guys. Good. All right, mate, um, can I just dump, I'm not sure if you've already asked it, but what kind of loss is Halloween to the Sorry? What kind of loss is Halloween to the Reds? Um, well, he's, I mean, he's, he's one of our most senior players. He's, he's a leader on and off the park. Um, really good human being, Ben, first and foremost. But with these sorts of deals, obviously there's financial elements to it. Um, but this is sort of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Ben and his family um, and a sort of game-changing move for him. So we weren't going to stand in the way of that. Obviously, uh, you know, the agreements need to be, needed to be signed and worked through all the specifics. But, um, look, he'll be a loss for us. Um, fantastic player and fantastic human being. But we're, we're confident that with the recruitment that's happening at the moment, um, our squad will be, will, be, uh, will be stronger moving forward.